wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fret. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the and Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening. To you are listening to you are listening. Then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Business Podcast here. Welcome to episode 259 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me. Kicking off your Friday, kicking off your weekend. I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are. And the world! Thank you so much for taking up this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday, 10 a.m., or whatever you actually hear this, doesn't really matter. But it's Friday. And of course, that means we get to kick off the weekend in proper YLB fashion with an episode of Light the Fuse, where I talk about this week's episode of AEW Dynamite, give you the top five focal points of what we should kind of keep an eye on last year, and keep in mind as we go into next week's one year anniversary show for AEW. 
W. Again, thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. It means a lot, especially as we head into... Uh, now we're into the month of October, heading on the road to Full Gear. Going down Saturday, November 7th, of course, live on pay-per-view, on PR Live, and all that good stuff. But before we get into this week's episode of Like the Fuse, uh, of course, we've got to pay the bills around here. And this segment of the program is brought to you by, of course, our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash WrestleMatic Radio. 17 cents a day. May not get you much of this economy. Not as much as this movie that freaking Bazooka Joe piece of bubblegum. But with Patreon, 17 cents a day does go a long way. Let me explain. 17 cents a day can get you access to an exclusive Patreon group chat. And top of patrons such as Kavita, Slack, Quarantine Jane, and of course Jermaine and all the other patrons that we have on there. As always, thank you so much for your continued love, support, and patronage. You also get to talk to all the members of Wrestle Added Radio, including myself, who is on there from time to time talking with you guys. And it's a good time. Fantastic, good stuff. Also, you'll be able to listen to exclusive shows on Patreon if you want to hear on regular Wrestle Added Radio programming shows like Love and War, Tony Bell Salute, Francis Faye 5, and of course my Patreon exclusive podcast, The Super Files. You won't know the topic until you press play. But I think the most important piece of exclusivity that you get with Patreon for 17 cents a day is that you can use an exclusive code. I know the code. I can't tell you the code. Unfortunately, for a Patreon. And that's not cool. I mean, of course, you know, it involves all of our Teespring stuff. And you can still go over to teespring.com slash WrestleLadderRadio and get all of our stuff. But if you're a patron, you get to use an exclusive code that will get you 15% off every single time you check out and shop on any of our Teespring stores, including mine, the YLP collection over at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash young dash lines dash perspective. Anything on there, get as much as you want, 15% off every single time you check out using the exclusive code. So maybe 17 cents can go a long way. 17 cents a day, according to $5 a month, gets you all of that access and more. Patreon.com forward slash Russell Addict Radio. Consider joining and being a member of the Patreon family today. Always accepted, never expected. We enjoy your patronage and coming along, joining in the War Patreon family. Let us get into this week's episode of Light the Fuse. And dare I say, the 30-year anniversary of Chris Jericho is, is something to behold. Not going to lie. As I said it on Twitter on Wednesday night, 30 years of doing anything consistent should always be commended, whether it be 30 years in the wrestling business, 30 years in a particular company, or making your way up the ladder, becoming a top executive in a company, who knows. 30 years of anything should always be commended no matter what. Now, 30 years prison, not so much. 30 years doing drugs, not so much. 30 years of being a drug dealer, should have got out of the game at least about 20 years ago. But that's just me. But 30 years of doing any consistent work will definitely be looked at, admired, and commended, for sure. 
without question. And of course, it was this week's episode, on this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. It was all about the 30 year anniversary of one Chris Jericho, Le Champion, the Demo God, the Pain Maker. You know, the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller, Y2J, all of that. And they were able to celebrate his legacy. And I really did thoroughly enjoy the tribute to him. Um, Mind you, I enjoyed many moments of his career. Many. Even as far as, you know, when he went back, going back to WCW, when I first started watching professional wrestling at the age of eight or nine years old. You know, when he was the Lionheart. You know, the the huge feud with Dean Malenko, um, which was one of my favorite feuds of his, period, even though Dean Malenko... Did get finally get his comeuppance um, in that feud, and rightfully so. To when he was able to join WWF around 2000 and had that dope-ass promo with The Rock upon his debut. One of the greatest debuts I think any talent in WWE has ever had. You know, and just being able to evolve over and over again, having feuds with the likes of, you know, Kirk, Ang- Kirk Angel, as he likes to, as he like to call him, Chris Benoit, uh, over the, uh, when they had the triple threat match for the European Intercontinental Championships, um, the feud with China, um, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, Edge, Shawn, especially his feud with Shawn Michaels leading up to WrestleMania, and what, and what a, what many people are considering one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. Dean Ambrose, Kevin Owens, and it, he just seemed, seamlessly somehow was just able to evolve over and over and over again. And then he left in 2015. And of course, we talked about the report where uh, if it weren't for AEW, he would be already retired in 2015. He would have already retired. And he said that AEW has brought, you know, resurrect his career again. You know, and it became and he became Le Champion. Of course, becoming the first ever AEW World Champion. Then, of course, during his time in uh, New Japan, he was the pain maker uh, when he was feuding with um, Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi uh, Tanahashi. He was calling him Bakashi. Uh, I love I love that feud. Uh, his battle with Kenny Omega uh, just a few years ago at Wrestle Kingdom 12, I believe. That was that was, and we all spoke about it in this in this report in the report as well. That that match inspired Tony Khan to want to create all elite wrestling. So he has been a very integral part in the wrestling business for as almost as pretty much as long as I've been alive on this earth. He has been in the business. Literally, I am 32 years old. He has been in the business almost as long as I've been alive. Think about that. 1990. I was I was just two years old. A mute, according to my mother. And in that essence, that was when the career started. Of course, his career, I believe his stint in ECW, for those who don't who those who don't know, he was he had a, a quick stint in ECW. Um and just seamlessly just be able 
to evolve over the three decades he's been a professional wrestler. Just, it's, it's very wonderful. And of course, um, that is the one thing, that is the biggest thing we should take away from this. Even though I do have it number two in my notes, it is definitely the most important thing we should take away from that. Um, it's just been fantastic to watch his career flourish and, and him evolving. First ever undisputed champion in WWE's history. Um, having the feud with Triple H uh, leading up to uh, WrestleMania. It, it was, it's one of those things where he's had just such a great career. It's been amazing to watch. Um, the tribute that they had for him on Wednesday night, you know, they had so many uh, tribute videos. And just everything they had in between with, with that, you know, guys like Slash. Um, let me see if I can find all of it. His own his own dad, Ted Irvine, uh, Dennis Miller. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi was probably the most important one. I'll understand. I'll say that in a second. Because I even said the amount of love that he was running, he was receiving from celebrities was incredible. But there was one man in particular that caught my eye, and that was Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, I do have uh, news on that. A possible rumor killer for a possible AEW NJPW partnership uh, in the next segment later on uh, in this episode. And we'll talk about that. You know, his dad saying, you know, you know, you represent the world of progressive wrestling with honor against some of the greatest names in the world and now opening the door to so many young wrestlers, male and female, wanting to live the same dream you have. It's also been entertaining everyone around the world for those 30 years. You're not done yet. And I'm excited to see the next 30. Get going. Kick butt and get your, what was it? Kick ass and get your ass kicked. So as long as you keep entertaining us and you're so good at it. Here's a toast with a little bit of the bubbly. And even they had Bully Ray chugging some a uh, little bit of the bubbly down. Um, let me see here. They also had uh, let me see, Ricky Starks, Jungle Boy. Uh, Ricky Starks saying, you know, he's one of the most influential people in this world. Jungle Boy saying he changed the way I think about wrestling. Darby Allen was in the crowd for many of his matches. Chuck Taylor even said that I patterned a lot of of my career after Chris Jericho. Santino Ortiz saying, you know, this is why we became a tag team. They read their first book and they saw the blueprint of becoming a pro wrestler. Jungle Boy saying that uh, Jericho has a way of creating a moment every time he's out there. Sammy Guevara saying he's a genius. Um, you know, talking about their favorite moments, of course, in AEW. Um, Sammy saying, you know, him and Jer- the Jericho hug. Uh, Jungle Boys was taking Jericho to the time limit draw, which was his first big moment, uh, which got him over with the crowd uh, in AEW. Scorpio Skies, of course, at, uh, Orange Cassidy punching Jericho into the dying tub of Mimosa. Uh, Darby saying... Jericho showing up at the AEW pep rally and how he changed the wrestling business, turned the wrestling business on its head. Uh, it showed that he didn't have to put it with any shit and to still be the big name he is. Rebecca uh, saying Jericho is the original role model. Jake Hager saying everything Jericho has touched has been incredible, impactful, and transcends for generations. Um, even MJF had a little bit of a promo. Let me see. Oh, who else was it? Let me see. Slat. Let me see. There's a, there a lot of talent. And I'll get to MJF's in a minute um, because there was just so because uh, that was that was a pretty interesting one. Um, Shaquille O'Neal, Gene Simmons, Don Callis, Lars Ulrich, um, Diamond Dallas Page. You know, 
there was a lot of love for Chris Jericho on Wednesday night, and we should all appreciate that he was able to do this within, you know, the 30 years he's been doing this. It's something to commend and something and it's and something to really be in awe of. You know, again, 30 years doing something consistent of anything. That's very that does very well for you. That has many happy returns. Honestly, you gotta you gotta show love for that, and that it tends to be that should be appreciated. Excuse me, it should be appreciated. You know, there's no reason why it can't be, because it should be. Uh, now, the match that he had in the main event, um, personally to me, that was kind of dookie. Um, you know, got the he and Hager got the victory over the Chaos Project of a team of. Uh, Luther and uh, Serpentico, it was I, I mean, it was nothing to write home about, you know, it was whatever. Uh, but what was kind of interesting was uh, the MJF portion of the uh, Chris Jericho love fest, as I like to call it. Um, Chris Jericho had a, uh, not Chris Jericho, MJF, I'm sorry, had a little bit of a promo saying 30 years. What can I say that hasn't already been said about Chris Jericho? Here's a story. They say never meet your heroes, but I'm inclined to disagree. First time I really got to talk to Jericho was after Double or Nothing. I was slightly inebriated, and it was his first big brush with being a real star here. Jericho walked right up to me after the after party and said, You've really got something. Keep it up. Don't stop. Keep studying. And don't be afraid to pick and take little nuances from people you look up to. I took my index finger and pointed right at him. Jericho smiled, and I will never forget that. As our friendship begins to bloom more and more each week, I just want Jericho to know I'm proud of you. How inspired I am by you. I may or may not show up in person to congratulate you myself tonight. And that he did right after Chris Jericho and Haker got the victory over uh, the Chaos Project. Uh, And even, of course, uh, Lance Storm, Kevin Smith, Eli Roth, talking shit. Uh, The Beatles were only together for seven years, so you're basically four and a half times better or something like that. Gabriel Iglesias, Chavo Guerrero Jr., uh, who was in Australia at the time. Steel Panther, I guess that's a band. Ultimore Dragon, congratulating Jericho over 30 years in the industry. Paul Stanley, um, saying getting to the top is one thing, but staying there is truly incredible. It was just so much going on here. You know, after the match, um, after every member of the Inner Circle got had a part to play in it, uh, he said, hey, listen. 30 years in this business, thanks to all of you. And I just want to say from Outcomes MJF, he said, I'd be, I'd maybe be here in person to congratulate you, but I don't want my music playing. This isn't about me, it's about you. Wardlow's bringing out something big. MJF said, I'm not here to step on your toes or steal the spotlight. I'm here because I respect you. It's true. And again, the ring, <clears throat> excuse me, again, the ring, again, the ring with this, whoever they have underneath this curtain. He says, I want to be a part of the separation of the champion. And it's about time for the conversation to end. It's gift o'clock, and I'm ready to rock. And uh, they come out with Clowny Cho, uh, a clown version of Jerrica. And then they had a, a present wrapped up, which was actually a huge purse, uh, picture of MJF. He's like, is that not amazing? Yeah, yeah, it's really great. And he takes the picture, smashes it on Jericho's on uh, the clown's head, gives him the Judas effect. Jericho then says, I hate clowns. And don't you ever interrupt me again. You understand me? Ah, I got you. 
He thanks everyone and wishes them a good night. Out comes the rest of the AEW roster. He gets all the credits. Executive producer directed by Jericho Everything. Uh, even got catering. And, um, yeah. So, not only do we get a love fest for Christopher, one Christopher Bartholomew Jericho, as Shaquille O'Neal lovingly called him, but we're still furthering the, the, the possible, the more than likely feud between MGF and Chris Jericho. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Relax. It's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to do it at full gear. I would be shocked if they did it um, at this point because they've really been kind of building it for quite some time. And I've been ta- I've talked about this at length. Uh, they have been uh, doing this for months uh, since late last year uh, when the Cody feud actually started. Um, and that I even said back then that was a huge uh, star-making moment for MJF to go toe-to-toe um, with Jericho in a promo and actually keeping up with Jericho. That's a big thing for him. So keep that in mind. MJF and Chris Jericho is bound to happen sometime. It's just a matter of who says what and who actually starts it. I mean, personally, I would have liked to see a video, a proper video tribute. You know, um, understanding, you know, some of the stuff in WWE, they probably weren't going to be able to get because you know how petty Vince McMahon is and all this stuff. But it really would have been cool to see a nice, solid video tribute for Chris Jericho, you know, really commemorating his 30 years in the business and, you know. It, it's just seeming, it was just wonderful to see how everyone really showed love for Chris Jericho. And it really, really does mean, you know, really does mean a lot, you know. You know, if you're, you know, if you have a good friend of yours who's doing quite well for himself and, and they're doing well and then, you know, years later, you know, they get, they start getting, you know, commemorations for it and a lot of love and respect for it. You know, it does mean a lot and it should, and we should love the fact that, you know, you should love that. We should appreciate that. And it was a very good night for Chris Jericho to see all of that go down. But enough of the love fest. Um, let's get on to the remainder of Light Diffuse for this week. Cody Rhodes and Mr. Brody Lee went through hell and back in their dog collar match on Wednesday night. I understand that this was Chris Jericho's 30th anniversary show, but this was the match that should have main evented this week's episode. And I really do mean that. And I'm sure this will be a quite the unpopular opinion and I really do not care. A match of this magnitude, the return of Cody Rhodes to the ring and being able to have the match that he and Mr. Brody Lee had on Wednesday was just brutality at its finest. This is my kind of brutality. As a person who has watched CZW, Tournament of Death Matches, who has watched, um, you know, Texas Death Matches with uh, Lance Archer and John Moxley, who has seen, it was seen countless TLC matches, um, ladder matches, barbed wire ring, barbed wire ropes matches, I've seen a lot of brutality in, in, in a professional wrestling ring. This was my first ever watch of a dog collar match. I've seen strap matches. I've seen all that. 
never have I seen a true dog collar match. And now I'm being dead serious about this. This is my first ever dog collar match. They had Greg Valentine there, who was pretty much like the um of course he and Piper had what what uh, Justin Roberts had said was like one of like one of the uh, most vital like I guess the most vital dog collar match in the history of the business um between he and Piper many moons ago before I was even born. And they had him in attendance watching it. He was watching the match. And it, it really, really, they really played this up to be a very important matchup. Now, Cody winning the championship back, I'm perfectly fine with. Um, because now the series is at 1-1. So I don't know if they're going to do anything for full gear. I don't know if they'll do anything of the sort or if they're going to maybe wait it out a little bit, you know. Maybe wait. I don't know if they're going to wait four weeks. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with that. I don't know what, exactly what they're going to really do with the ending of the feud. But considering the fact that full gear is going to be four weeks from um, tomorrow, not tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Um, almost got my days mixed up. Yeah, four weeks from tomorrow. You know, maybe they're starting. Maybe they start the build towards full gear, and maybe something. Uh, you know, higher stakes. I mean. You can't just go from Brody Lee destroying uh, Cody Rhodes in three minutes to dog collar match and not expect, you know, something crazy to end their feud, possibly in four weeks' time. I don't know exactly what they would do with... uh, the way with the ending of the feud. I really don't know what they would do. I couldn't even fathom at this point when you go from regular singles match to dog collar match, what do you do? What do you absolutely do now? What can you do to complete this feud? How do you, how does this feud end between Brody Lee and Cody Rhodes? I honestly couldn't tell you. The amount of brutality in this matchup you know, using the chain to just punch somebody in the face. DDTs, uh, power bombs on there, crashing through the table with a package pile driver. Both men bleeding profusely in this matchup. Um, of course, I expected, you know, someone to be falling over the ropes, getting choked. I kind of expected that. That was, of course, the one spot I was like, oh, there it is. Um, you know, using the ring post. And they, they were, they were, they, oh my God, they really did, they really turned this into a war. And I loves me that uh, all day, every day. I love it, every single bit of it. It was just insane. Of course, Cody hitting the final cut was crazy. Um, multiple crossroads, the superplex I thought was going to take both of them out in the matchup. Power bombs onto the chain, you know. Snapmare Brody, uh, Snapmare's with the chain. Uh, even Arn Anderson got involved part uh, halfway through the matchup. Um, you know, chairs getting thrown into the ring, tosses it to Arn. Uh, Brody grabbed one of the chairs, tosses it at Arn. Arn manages to uh, dodge it, gets in the ring to confront Brody. Out comes Alex Reynolds, uh, gives him a spine buster. Brody then sucker punches him, and then uh, Cody clobbered him for that. Um, they were really, I, I love the fact that they, uh, utilized the chain, uh, a, a bunch. I'm really happy with that. 
Um, it was just, it was just, oh my God. This was so good. Now, dare I say, would this be a lock for at least honorable mention of the year? Uh-huh. Easily. And I've been handing, I've been handing these out in the last couple of months like it's been Halloween candy. And I haven't seen a, a good portion of the G1 Climax, which we'll also discuss. <clears throat> my goodness, let me get some water in my system. Get some water. Mm. Make sure you drink your water. It's good for you. And if you put a little, a little packet of liquid IV, I'm telling you, it does wonders. You pee a lot, but it's good for you. And, and, and if you like passion fruit, it's delicious. I love the fact that they were able to utilize the chain in very creative ways. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed the fact that, you know, they were able to just figure out ways to make this work. And, you know, Cody using the corner to choke him out. That was crazy. You know, that was just bananas. Uh, even part of them early on in the matchup after uh, Silver kind of fucked up a little bit. Um after he uh, gets the chain clear, he runs up and up. Uh, Rudy Yanks, uh, yanked him down with the chain off the top rope. That was crazy. That was bananas. Um, Brody so, uh, moves Silver aside so he can drag Cody to the ropes. Uh, Cody tries to stay in the ring. Brody uh, brought him out. He then rocks Cody with an uppercut. Slams him off the apron. Confiscates a chair from one of the ring wrestlers at ringside. Tells Silver to sit down. Silver obeys and then eats a drop kick off the chair. I was laughing my ass off at that. It was too, that was too funny. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> he just sits down. I'm sorry. Bang! Drop kick. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that was good times. But again, this match was just so good. I cannot. I, I'm in love with this. I'm in love. I was in love with this matchup. This has replay value for days. There's nothing you can do about it because this, you can't, it's a, it's a match where you can't deny this shit was good. Unless you don't like brutality, not your thing, fine. Don't watch it. Other than that, I would easily, I have his DVR so I can watch whatever the hell I want. And I can watch it on uh, TNTDrama.com if I wanted to because it's worth it. But this match was so worth the, worth the wait. I mean, they really hyped this up and this really lived up to the hype 100%. Kudos to both men. And even Brody Lee after, I think I saw this on Twitter too. He's like, yeah, I respect you. After that, I thought I was saying, I respect you. You know, and Arn and- I think Arn Anderson made the, the uh, quote of the night uh, where he said, you know, this is more than just Cody winning the TNT championship. This is a, this is, this is a match of him earning his self-respect back. After what happened to him uh, a couple months ago. And then spending five weeks away um, from AEW to heal up or do acting. Um, but this, he really. You know, he did so well. They, 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 all, they both did this so well. And I was very, very pleased with the matchup. Again, if you haven't seen this matchup yet, go out of your way to see it. I'm not going to, I mean, I told, I give you bits and highlights. Um, I even tell you who won the match. It was that good. But, you know, you'll figure it out on your own. Just everything about this matchup, I think, was just very, very fantastic. And I would watch this match 8 million times over and never get bored of it. And just find little bits, bits and pieces of detail 
just to really enjoy all of it. And that's what I would really want to do with that. But we shall continue on as we are already 30 minutes into this episode, which surprisingly, I haven't cursed once yet, which is always, which, that's how you know it's a good show. I haven't really cursed, I haven't really cursed much. But let's get into some tag team action, shall we, ladies and gentlemen? Now, FTR versus Best Friends next week for the AEW World Tag Team Championship is going to be damn good. And we know it. But I sure as hell wasn't expecting the Hybrid 2 to give FTR a run for their money in their tag team title match on Wednesday night. Now, for those of you who don't know who the Hybrid 2 is, the team of Angelico and Jack Evans. Uh, very, very lightweight boys, but definitely are some high flyers for sure. And to earn this title match, they actually won their last three out of their four matches on AEW Dark. Now, I haven't watched Dark, I would say, in over a year. So I really may miss out on a lot of things um, with AEW Dark, maybe a feud star, or if it's just matches that, you know, are getting... I mean, we've talked about this before. Griff Garrison talked about, uh, you know, getting opportunities... I think Brian Pillman actually uh, was the one who said, talked about, you know, getting opportunities, being able to see what they've gotten over in AEW Dark, um, possibly going on main TV, which I do thoroughly enjoy. So it's really cool to see that the Hybrid 2, you know, winning three out of four matches gives them the title shot. It's not bad. And they really did give FTR a run for their money. In the title match, I believe, um, was it? Yeah, it was Excalibur who said it. Like, they were really giving, throughout the match, they were giving them a run for their money. This was a good match and a really nice opportunity for, excuse me, and Helico and Jack Evans to really, really do some things. And it was really fantastic to watch them because I hadn't seen them in a while either. I really hadn't seen Helico and Jack Evans for quite some time. So it was really, it was like, it was a nice refresher to see, um, and Helico and Jack Evans back in the ring going up to get the team of FTR. This was really, this was really fun. This is a really fun match to watch. And of course, y'all know, um, this was a 20 minute, this is of course 20 minute time limit. Uh, if you can beat the FTR squad in 20 minutes, you get the AEW World Championship. If it goes 20 minutes, uh, it, and match ends in a draw and FTR retains. Pretty simple as that. Now, a key thing was also as well, the Young Bucks were watching backstage. Um, weirdly looking at the television, looking back at the television, um, kind of weird, but I'm okay with it, I guess. Um, so it was really one of those things where, you know, you're just like enjoying it. I really, I really just like, yeah, I was just thoroughly impressed with the entirety of this matchup. Second, I'm sorry. Just checking something out real fast, making sure all is good and we are good. Because you, because my thought was, okay, they're just going to squash him out real quick, about less than ten minutes, nothing too crazy, nothing too serious. Uh, but really, this was an impressive matchup, and they really took it to FTR. You know. Of course, FCR were going after the knee of Evans throughout the matchup. Snap death locks, shin breakers, double shin break, uh, two shin breakers back to back. 
Uh, and, that was, and that was kind of the story of the matchup. FDR going after the legs of Jack Evans. As they know, he is a high flyer. You know, take away your take away a man's base. You pretty much have him dead to rights. Half, you're halfway there to having him dead to rights. Uh, using dragon screw takeovers, uh, double inverted STFs. Very, very nice hold there. Crowd actually was backing the hybrid two at one point in the matchup. So maybe maybe it's just more um hate for FTR since they are heels, of course. And um This was a this is a really good this is really fun to watch. And this was just one of those things where I was like, yeah, I enjoy that. I do thoroughly enjoy that. Um I like to actually see more of the hybrid too than just seeing them every once in a while. I want to see them more. I want to see them in tag team competition against the likes of, you know, Jurassic Express and Santino Ortiz, Best Friends, you know, all these guys, you know, Jericho and Hager, all these guys. And hopefully, you know, maybe I'm asking for too much in a very competitive tag team division. Um, even, even against the Natural Nightmares, I'd like to see it, you know, just to see how they would work uh, together. It, it'll be in due time, we will get what we need. Um, but for right now, the Hybrid 2, I have to say, kudos to those boys. They definitely handle business, for sure. But we shall move on. Now, you know, I try my best to keep my eyes on certain talent in AEW. I do have a watch list in my in, in my head of certain talent I'm keeping my eye on. But after I saw what I saw, I should say, from Will Hobbs in his match against Brian Cage for the FTW World Championship on Wednesday night, I'm officially placing this man on my watch list. Mind you, this was a really... this. I, I think I said on Twitter, this is the kind of match that Big E would actually stop and watch if he wasn't beating Larry's ass. And if y'all don't know who Larry is, well, you can have to, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. A- ask a friend. Ask a friend who watches SmackDown a lot, you know, what's up with the Larry, whole Larry situation. I'm going to call you Larry. I don't even know your name. I'll call you Larry. But this is kind of like... This is really kind of um, something... Like I said, this is the kind of match that... You know... The match, I mean, this is a this is a Haas match. This is a, this is a really, really... Uh, you know, one of those things where just it's horse, man. It's horse matches. Big boys. You know, big boy type deal. Big boy, big lad stuff. I loved it. I freaking loved it. Every last bit of it. I loved every second of it. I need more of it. And dang, Big, big E is a big boy. I'm going to put that out there right now. I was actually trying to... Um, I was looking for the... Uh, let me see. It was the uh, New Day uh, podcast where he was talking about bumping meat. Big man. Big chest. Big quads. Bumping meat. And yeah, oh man. If you've never seen that, if you've never seen that clip on Twitter, I'm gonna see if I can find it now. I'm gonna 
go on my Twitter and see if I can find it. Because I know I can find it. It's, it's not that much of an issue. But as I'm doing it, I'm going to talk to you guys about the matchup. This was really, I would honestly say, a coming out party of sorts for one Will Hobbs. Against a guy like, against a guy like um, Brian Cage, who is a really big freaking deal. This this was actually a really big coming out party for this man. I was thoroughly happy. Dang, I can't find it. That's a shame. That's a shame. I love. I really enjoyed this being the opening matchup. I really enjoyed this because this was just one of those things where I was like, "Wow!" You know, they really, really, really made Will Hobbs a big deal, and. Wow. Just everything about it was just fantastic. And I know I'm really giving positive things, you know, right now. But you know what? There's no reason why you wouldn't enjoy this if it's if you like big boys going at it in the ring. Uh, that came out wrong. My goodness. Um, I was just thoroughly happy with the fact that You know, Hobbs had a huge opportunity, uh, especially with the whole feud that's been going on with, you know, uh, at one point with um, John Moxley and Archer. And they were supposed to actually supposed to have, it was supposed to be a six man tag with uh, Moxley, Allen and Hobbs taking on uh, Starks, Archer and Cage. But unfortunately, uh, Archer had COVID um, and had to be uh, quarantined for two weeks. So there wasn't any way where they were able to take care of that, which kind of sucked because I was really looking forward to that match. Um, I was really bummed out. I was thoroughly bummed out and uh, just very, very upset. I was quite upset. Just, mm. one. It was, yeah, it was one of those things where I would, this is the match I would have loved to see. Because, I mean, it was just fantastic. It was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, this was great. This was good stuff. Just just give me more of it. I, I need to see more Will Hobbs. Um, okay, I'm not going to find the video, which is unfortunate. But if you if you do go out of your way to find the video, um, it, it's hilarious. Just, you know, this, this was a good match. This was two big dudes face each other in the ring. They started off hot. You know, they ram a couple times. Hobbs staying up, ramming Cage back, hits him with a forearm. Uh, Cage showing his ability, uh, of course, uh, ability, hopping, leaping up and over, Hobbs. They were doing a lot in this matchup. Big boy chops, Hobbs shrugging it off, you know, body checking, spinning power slams um, by Cage, two hand slams, you know, from Hobbs, you know, hitting each other with double clotheslines. The end, of course, um, after the last will and testament by uh, Hobbs. I uh, only got a two count out of that. Uh, fans going bananas. Hobbs gets back up. Hobbs snarling. Goes to green. A big fris- uh, you know, sh- frustrated. Uh, Hobbs going into the corner. Climbs up top. Goes for the fly splash. Misses. Eats the drill claw. Cage retains the FTW World Championship. After the matchup, um, 
Starks goes down to the ring. Team Taz, gra- uh, Taz grabs the mic. You know, tells Starks and Cage to wait. Says, Hobbs, I got to say, that was impressive. You are impressive. I'll, I'll give you that. You didn't win, but you fought your ass off. Now we get to play the option game. Option A, you take the offer of a lifetime and you join Team Taz. Option B, you refuse option A and Starks and Cage beat the hell out of you. What do you say? Before Hobbs could answer and look like he was going to catch an ass whooping, Darby Allen comes out of the ring. Comes out to the ring, I should say. Um, has a skateboard in hand, like he was about to uh, go off on Starks and Cage. Starks and Cage like, you know what? You good. Have at it. You know, you can have this one. Talos tells him, look at me. One day, real soon, you'll finally learn not to stick your nose in Team Taz business, you rock punk. Still a little bit of a situation there. Probably going to end all at few, I would say, at uh, full gear. Maybe some type of, you know, either FTW World Championship match between Darby Allen and Brian Cage. Or a tag match with Hobbs and Allen versus Starks and Cage. Some, one of those two matches, I would say. To that, but yeah, Will Hobbs, I gotta say, he had a really good matchup. Um, thoroughly impressed by everything that was going on with that. He had a, a great performance. I think this was his coming out party on Wednesday night, and hopefully, you started to notice Will Hobbs as well. And to round out this week's episode of AEW Dynamite, normally I'll be talking about the AEW World Championship match between Archer and Moxley. They said more than enough that I could even say to get you prepared for this, but I will say this though. This week's episode was a great success, right? I'd say, honestly, this was a very solid show, and I can't wait for the numbers to come out to see how how many viewers they did get this week, because I was one. Um, y'all know I usually uh, live-tweet AEW every Wednesday night, and if you don't know, well, congratulations, now you know. Um, next week's one year anniversary show, I think is gonna take the cake. I think this I think they're gonna make this this show look like a regular regular old two Wednesday night episode of Dynamite and they're gonna take this episode to the woodshed. I really do. You gotta think. Not only do we have the AEW World Championship between Moxley and um Archer, right? You're also gonna have now the AEW TNT championship defended. Um, against Orange Cassidy. Cody Rhodes versus Orange Cassidy for the TNT Championship next week. That's going to be bananas. Those two matches off rip alone make me want to see what's going to go down next week. Oh, I almost forgot. FTR versus Best Friends is also going to be happening next week for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. That's a hell of a card already. Those three matches alone, that is pay-per-view worthy. And we're going to get that on cable next Wednesday. I have to say this is it's going to be fun. This is going to be a fun, fun night. This week and next week are going to be really solid nights for all of us. I mean, this week they did a lot. They did a lot to progress as we head towards full gear for uh, in, a, uh, in, four, in about four weeks' time. They really, really did a lot to progress the everything, and I love that. Next week, three title matches off rip. 
off rip three title matches. World title, TNT Championship, World Tag Titles. And that match, that last match, is, is 60 minutes long. One pull, one fin ball, one pull for the finish, 60 minute time limit. This could end up being a possible show of the year candidate. Not saying I would I do shows of the year candidates, because I don't. And I probably don't plan on it for the YLP awards in uh, late December because that would just be way too much on my hands and I would not be able to pick just one show out of the entire year that was like, this was great. This is probably the best show of all 2020. Wouldn't be able to do that. But I'd say if there was a show of the year candidate, I would probably be putting this in the in, in the prediction category that next week's episode of AEW Dynamite, when we talk about this next Friday, is going to be one for the books. And I cannot fucking wait. But that's going to conclude this week's episode of Light the Fuse. When we come back for episode 259, I'm sorry, 257, that was Monday, uh, the YLP podcast, we're going to talk about some news. I got new, I got updated standings for the NJPW G1 Climax. I got a rumor killer on possible AEW NJPW partnership. Um, Of course, y'all know today is the uh, WWE draft beginning tonight for SmackDown. I got the rules and the talent pools that are revealed for this week's draft, and I have some news on Brody Lee saying the original plan for Cody Feud was not to win the TNT Championship. And my dog Marlon apparently has seen something. And no, 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 no. Hi, hi. Yes, we'll talk about. Yes, hi. Relax. Yes, I know. You want to see the dog, and you want to chase it. You want to it. I know, I know, you get so excited, I know, I know, you get so excited, you get, you get, you get excited for dad, yeah, I, yeah, I know, get excited for dad, yeah, yeah, go, 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 <laughs> Marley just got, Marley just saw a dog and she got all kinds of excited because she wants to eat it, you can't eat it, you can't, no, no, you can't eat it, yes, I love you too, so, when we come back for the break, I'll talk all about all of that news, and more for episode 259 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. T-shirts, mugs, fanny packs. Oh, my. Hey, this is Nate the Evan Great from the Game Changer Podcast. Over at teesprings.com, we have a huge lineup of merchandise that you guys can don and show your support for the brands that you love, whether it be the Delight Show Fretzelmania, Kings of the Rings, Young Lions Perspective, or even us at the Game Changer Podcast. Check it out and post it up on social media showing your support. Teesprings.com forward slash Wrestle Attic Radio. The common cure for the wrestling podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of Light the Fuse. Now, as we uh, move ever so close to the weekend, I got a little bit of news that I wanted to talk about and get into, uh, especially the G1 Climax. Y'all know, and as I've been saying it for the past, since it all started, that it will be very hard to keep up with the G1 Climax because they are literally doing this every single day for three weeks straight at least very hard to keep up with it very hard to even go back and watch matches because of course 
work, gym, podcasting, all that stuff. So I'm not able to keep up with all of the G1 Climax as a whole. Um, I do my best to try to keep it up as best as possible. Um, Usually in terms of match of the year stuff, I'll definitely go back and watch some of the G1 Climax to kind of get an idea of what matches were definitely fire. And um, literally, I'm not going to front with you. The only one, the only match card I have literally seen in its entirety from beginning to end was day five. It was day five of the uh, tournament. And um, yeah. So yeah, that shows you how much I unfortunately have not been able to watch the, uh, the tournament. But um, yeah, but what we can do though is as of right now, um, I believe we have just finished. They have just finished up uh, round. Yeah, there's six uh, six matches. Um, I believe every person in this tournament has finished their sixth match uh, after uh, earlier today. So we can talk about at least the standings of where we are in the G1 Climax tournament. So let's go over to Fightful.com and see what they have to say and see what they have over here. The annual New Japan G1 uh, Pro Wrestling G1 Climax is underway, and Fightful will have full coverage throughout the entire tournament, which they do. So if you kind of want the cliffs notes of what's been going on, you can definitely go over to Fightful.com and check it all out. They usually do really good. Chairshot.com, the thechairshot.com, I'm sorry, does very well with it. I think WrestlingInc.com is also another one that really just keep up with it very well. So if you need your New Japan fix, if you're really trying to keep up with the G1 Climax, but you're not able to watch the shows in their entirety because you have a life as well, um... This could definitely help you out. So after each night of action, uh, they usually have updated standings right on their website. So here's where we stand as of right now after six matches apiece for every single person in this tournament. For the A block side, which is what I consider the block of death um, for the most part, Kota Ibushi, Jay White, Will Ospreay, and Kazuchika Okada all leave the block with eight points, all of them having a four and two Record again two points for a win, one for a draw, and zero, of course, for a loss. Tai Chi has a three and three record with six points, as does Minoru Suzuki, Shingo Takagi, and Tomohiro Ishii. Jeff Cobb has a two and four record with four points, and Yujiro Takahashi, which, while looking at the standings, is the only man in this entire G1 tournament to not have a single victory in his block. As we look over to the B-block side of things, Tetsuya Naito leads the block with a 5-1 record, current double champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling with 10 points, Evil 4-2 with 8, Juice Robinson, Toru Yano, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroki Goto, Sanada, and Zack Sabre Jr. all tied at 3rd with 6 points apiece, all of them having 3-3 three three records. Kenta, the current United States uh, Heavyweight Championship um, briefcase holder, won the uh, tournament over in uh, New Japan Strong over in America, becoming the outright number one contender for the United States uh, Heavyweight Championship. Uh, John Moxley's United States Heavyweight Championship uh, is at is in uh, tied for fourth place technically with four points. And Yoshihashi, current never openweight six man tag team champion is at the bottom with two points. If you want to go find out all the results 
Uh, like I said, Fightful.com, TheChairShot.com, and also make sure you can check out uh, WrestlingInc.com. Listen to the Super Jcast, really good podcast if you're really trying to get into um, New Japan things. Uh, probably one of the better podcasts I've definitely uh, listened to. Really good stuff. So that's what we got so far. Now in terms of, because we still have another, what's today? We have another 10 days before we crown a actual winner of the G1 Climax Tournament. And I'm really excited to see I'm really excited. I really am excited to see where New Japan is looking to have as its final for the G1 Climax Tournament. Because it's, it's one of those things where, you know, some of the names you know that have won this tournament really, you know, would be considered the favorites. Sanahashi, Okada, Jay White, Suzuki would definitely be in the mix. Evil, of course, Sonata. You know, names like that. So, you would be, I would be very hard-pressed to think that we wouldn't be able to see a something, a little something different uh, this go-around for it. Because you got to think, Ibushi, White, Osprey, and Okada all at the top of the A block with eight points. And I believe they all have two matches. Uh, let me see. They have two, 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 three matches left before um, we go into um, G1 Climax Finals weekend, which is, for one of me personally, which is actually, oh, this is, yeah, we are literally a week away. Almost a week away from crowning a new G1 Climax uh, final winner. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how everything plays out. This is big. I mean, it could be Ibushi Naito. It could be White Naito. It could be Osprey Evil. It could be really the, the, I would say... Ibushi, White, Osprey, and Okada are probably going to come out of the A block with this, where we're looking at right now with three matches left for each man. Uh, Naito and Evil, I think, are going to be the major players gunning for um, the top spot in the B block to represent the B block in the final. So that, that's where my head's at right now. The fact that Osprey is really having a 4 2 record is probably the most surprising out of all of it. Um, tai Chi with the win over Suzuki early on. That was the day five match I saw. And I was really happy with Tai Chi and Suzuki with the way that match played out. That was a really, really fun match to watch. And so the in terms of the A block, yeah, because B block is really going to come down, I think, to personally to Naito and Evil unless there's tiebreakers and anything like that. But but Ibushi, White, Osprey, and Okada—that's going to be some crazy. That's going to be some madness. Um, I'm not. I know. I believe Osprey beat White. Um, I'm not sure if uh, Ibushi and Osprey had their match yet, and Okada and Osprey had their matches. So there's a lot to dive in with three matches per man left. Um, honestly, Okada Naito would be a, a banger. Osprey Naito would be nuts. I think that would be nuts. White Naito would be crazy. Ibushi Naito, Ibushi Evil, White Evil. Um, that would be, there's a lot of, with these six guys, there's a lot of, excuse me, 
There's a lot you can really do with this. Um, it would be very... And now, the, the really big surprise, honestly, I'm sure people are surprised by it, but it shouldn't be surprised to anyone, is Tanahashi. And a lot of people would think Tanahashi would usually be in the mix for to be part of the G1 Climax Final. You know, maybe a little, you know... Sometimes you gotta, you gotta switch it up a little bit. You gotta switch things up, and... Naito and Evil is going to be your your storyline because Naito and Evil have been rivals pretty much ever since Evil pretty much said deuces to Los Invulnerables and became part of the Bullet Club. So we'll see how all that pans out. But the fact that you got Obushi White, Osprey, and Okada at four and two right now is really intriguing, and I can't wait to see um, what we have going on with that there. Well, before we continue on, uh, y'all know I got to pay the bills here. And this segment is brought to you by our Teespring stores. More importantly, my Teespring store over on teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash young dash lines dash perspective. Okay. I uh, got all good stuff over there. Revamped everything on the page. Uh, very, very easy. Much easier to actually use for uh, all of your uh, YLP merch needs for sure. Uh, all clothing for men, women, and the young cubs out there for sure. Without question. Gotta love it, because I love it. It's clean. My mama got some. My sister got some. My my youngins got my uh, sister's youngins got some, and um, I gotta get the pictures from my sister because uh, we gotta show off that uh, hashtag Fashion Friday merch. And of course, if you are a patron, 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 fifteen percent off every single time you absolutely use that exclusive code to check out at your register. Uh, and if you have any YLP merch that you have bought and you have been receiving, uh, do not hesitate to um, drop that photo in your Twitter and tag me over at YL Perspective over on my Twitter or at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective in my Instagram. Um, we will be using that for a hashtag Fashion Friday. Get them, get show some love. Get you some merch. Take pictures, selfies, all that good stuff. Tag me in it. We'll easily put that into our file and be using that for Fashion Fridays going forward. Because, you know, represent that YLP universe proud. Telling you. Get the face mask. Every every sale every sale we make, a dollar is donated to a nonprofit for children in hunger need. That's a beautiful thing right there, man. I'm telling you. YLP merch. Gotta get it, especially since it's getting cooler. Heading into the fall and the winter. Get, get those pullover sweaters. Get those hoodies. For sure, ladies, get those leggings if you're getting into the gym thing, if you just want to feel comfortable. Uh, make sure you get those YLP socks. I got coffee mugs for you uh, for you Joe drinkers, as I as am I. It be like that sometimes. And, um, yeah, get yourself some merch over on the YLP collection. Get that. Represent the YLP universe proud. Head over to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash young dash lions dash perspective. Get that YLP merch today and represent the universe the YLP universe with pride. Let's continue on here with the news from WrestlingInc.com. Rumor killer on possible AEW NJPW partnership. This is from Sai Mohan. On this week's edition of AEW Dynamite, there were several mentions of NJPW. 
As seen in the video above, of course, this is uh, the promo for uh, Mr. John Moxley, AEW World Champion. A promo package hyping the upcoming John Moxley versus Lance Archer AEW World Championship match featured highlights of their Texas death match from NJPW's Wrestle Kingdom 14. Furthermore, Hiroshi Tanahashi stood in front of an NJPW banner con to congratulate Chris Jericho on his 30-year anniversary in the pro wrestling business. Also, Excalibur name-dropped New Japan and its head booker Gato while in commentary. Uh, talking about a match that he had with um, in Japan uh, with uh, Luther and a I forget the other opponent. I really forget. Oh man, this sucks. But I know it was involving Doctor Luther and Chris Jericho, which is why he brought up uh, Gato, uh, who is who is the uh, head booker of NJPW, and he is quite fantastic with what he has done over the past I'd say four or five years in New Japan. When a fan on Twitter wondered if AEW aired in a video with Tanahashi is a sign of things to come, Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer of the Wrestling Observer noted that wrestling fans should not read too much into the developments. Quote, not necessarily. That was Jericho's doing. He loves Tanahashi. Ultimo Dragon was on as well. He tweeted, AEW and NJPW have reportedly had an icy relationship since AEW was established in 2019. However, there's speculation that the relationship might improve in the aftermath of NJPW president and CEO Harold Mays' exit. AEW president Tony Khan was also quoted as saying in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter that Mays' departure could spell good things for the two companies. Quote, I'm not sure yet, but my initial gut feeling is it could be good. I personally would love to see an AEW-NJPW relationship um, because me, I'm petty. And um, I would really, really I would just love to see it. I just I'm just thinking in my head how a possible AEW NGPW relationship could be. I really am. That's why I went silent for a second. It's just, it would really, really, it would really simply just put the world on notice that there is much more outside of WWE, you know? Of course, fans do flock to AEW, which is which is without question, but the simple fact that you can have a possible relationship with AEW and NJPW would absolutely be just magnificent, given the talent that you have there in New Japan that could work with guys over in AEW. Mind you, there are a lot of people that are in AEW right now that used to work in NJPW. Guys like Lance Archer, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, uh, an MVP of mine for uh, two years ago for the, NG, uh, for the G1 Climax. Um, who else has been there? I think Dustin Rose is working in Japan. Uh, the Young Bucks, former IWGP uh, heavyweight tag team champions and former junior tag team champions over there. Um, had banger feuds uh, in the tag junior tag team division um, as they were holding championships. Great times. Let me see who else was who else was over there. I'm trying to think. Nakavara Hager was never there. Um, Jericho, of course. Miro just signed a contract uh, with AEW that allows him to go over to New Japan Pro Wrestling. So there's a lot there to work with. Think about think about the matches you could have with that. Think about a possible Ibushi Omega reunion. Will Osprey taking on, you know, an MJF? You know, in Okada versus an Omega. 
again. Okada Moxley, and uh, I believe Moxley was involved in a G1 Climax. Current AEW World Champion. Was in the G1 Climax. You know, Naito versus Moxley. I would love to see that again. You know, the possibility is there if both if both organizations are willing to come out to a compromise and are able to, you know, want to work with each other. Maybe Harold Mage is the catalyst. Maybe Harold Mage leaving um, is the maybe the one thing that was holding both companies back from being able to do so. Who knows? I would love would I love to see it? Absolutely. Um, in do we know will it happen? We'll find out soon enough. We'll find out soon enough, and hopefully it go ends up being in the positive right direction. From Fightful.com, Brody Lee says original plan for Cody Food was not to win the TNT Championship. This is from Carlos Toro. Brody Lee almost didn't become TNT Champion. The now former TNT Champion had been in a feud with Cody and the Nightmare Family for the last couple of months, and began with Lee beating Cody in a matter of minutes to win the title. Speaking on the AEW Unrestricted Podcast, Lee said the original plan was for him to not win the title. However, he didn't delve too much into those original plans because he doesn't like knowing too much about long-term plans. He did reveal that the first title match against Cody for the TNT Championship was presented to him about a week or two before it happened. Quote, I believe that the original plan was for me to not become TNT Champion. I don't know much. I'm not privy to the ins and outs, the nuts and bolts of it all, probably because I don't want to be because if I have a thought in my head, I'll quickly become married to it, and then if something changes, I go insane. I try not to know too much, and I kind of just live in the moment. I learned my lesson the hard way over many, many years, so I try to stay level-headed and not to get not get too much information and receive things as they are presented to me. The match itself was presented to me like a week or two before it even happened, so I just wanted to train and look the part and do whatever is asked of me, he said. Lee spoke on the feeling he felt when he was on top of Cody about to become the TNT champion and how his kids must have felt seeing it back home. Lee admitted that he had tears in his eyes when he watched the match back and it aired when it aired with his kids. Quote, I mean, laying on top of Cody, looking into the hard cam, imagining my son looking back on the other side, knowing I'm going to be the TNT champion and bringing that belt home to him. That's a very special memory. That Saturday night is one that I will never forget. It's something that worked out perfectly. We filmed that match before, and when we filmed it, it felt good, great, but you never know how it's going to come across on television, and then when we watched it back at home with my two sons and me, I had tears in my eyes. It was just the culmination of so much bullshit and so much questioning myself and questioning my career and questioning my anxiety for eight years, and watching it on TV was just an unbelievable experience, Lee said. Lee's run as as TNT champion was relatively short-lived as he dropped the title back to Cody on the October 7th episode of Dynamite, ending his run as champion at less than two months. If you want to go and check out the rest of the podcast, you can go out. They have a link there. And, of course, as as I always say, if I use any of the quotes above, I credit Fightful for the transcription because, well, even though I am a small fish in a big pond that gets pissed off whenever I get picked on, you can try to flip it and get flipped on um, for all my cannabis fans out there. Uh, always make sure you credit your, uh, you know, what you're reading from to ensure that you don't get fucked with. It bees what it bees. I like this article. I really do. I enjoy, I enjoy stories like this where, you know, 
where original plan was he wasn't supposed to be champion, but they did it anyway. And honestly, I'm glad he did because it turned out to be a very, very wonderful experience. Personally, between you and I. And it's just one of those really cool things. I I I enjoy stuff like this. I really do. And especially, you know, knowing that they I didn't know that they filmed it. I at all. I thought this was a live deal. Um so they filmed it. It happened. Was the championship. And since they filmed it already, he was able to actually watch it with his kids. And be able to have that memory and have that moment with his kids. Seeing his son watch him beat Cody Rhodes to become the TNT champion. That's a cool moment. That's a fantastic moment that he'll never forget and that his kids will never forget. And that they can say, at one point, my dad was champion. What's up with your dad? Did he become THC champion? No. Whatever. And I do like his thoughts of, you know, not wanting to really be married to an idea, especially if it changes. I'm kind of the same way, especially if I kind of think, okay, we're going to do it like this. And all of a sudden it's like, nope, we got to switch things up right now and do it like this. And I'm like, excuse me, why? When we already have a plan in place, ready to go. You know, I'm sure a lot of people deal with that, but I know I'm not the only one. But this is a really cool article to see, uh, to even think that he wasn't even going to win the TNT Championship. To think he was not going to win the title. And then all of a sudden, you know, they made the decision two weeks prior we're going to make you champion. We're going to put the belt on you. And then we're going to do this for a little while. So that's a cool moment. I'm, I'm sure Brody Lee will never forget this. Uh, like you said, it was a special, it's a very special memory, bringing that belt home to his kids and being TNT champion. You know, pictures, all that cool stuff. They can say that. You know, at one point, my dad was a champ. You know? All that good stuff. And since it is Friday... And tonight is the beginning of the WWE draft. And I'm going to put it it just like this. I am never a fan of the drafts because they don't ever do it right way. They're trash. I despise them. And every time they do a draft, it's just like for the last few, three, four years, it's just been so trash. It's just been garbage. And they really haven't done right by it at all. They really haven't. They've, they've just done the draft of the service. But from WrestlingNews.co, we now know the rules and the talent pools revealed for this year's draft. This is from Andrew Ravens. The 2020 WWE draft kicks off tonight on SmackDown and will continue on Monday's episode of Raw. Ryan Satin of Fox Sports has obtained the rules as well as talent pools for the draft. Stephanie McMahon will announce draft picks for Raw and SmackDown. It was stated that executives at Fox and USC Network have been working with WWE officials over the last few weeks about their preferences for draft picks. The rules of the draft are listed as such. More than 60 male superstars, female superstars, and tag teams have been placed into the WWE, 2020 WWE draft. Since, uh, yeah, 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 I fuck it. This is why I hate this rule. Since Friday Night SmackDown is a two-hour show and Monday Night Raw is a three-hour show, for every two picks SmackDown has, Raw gets three picks. No. No, 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 no. Hate it. Hate it already. Same thing. This is the same shit as last year. 
This is the same bullshit as last year. Same thing with the tag teams. Tag teams still count as one pick. Once Fox or USA Network, in conjunction with WWE officials, wants to pick one superstar from the team. Any undrafted superstars will immediately be declared free agents and be able to sign with the brand of their choosing. Hopefully that includes NXT. Off rip. I hate this. I hate the fact that they're using Monday Night Raw as being a three-hour show. They should get three picks. No, 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 no. It's, here's, how I, here's how I see this playing out. Here's how they should do it. One, make it an actual sports-style event. Where you have, you know, people like uh, Charlie Caruso and Booker T and JBL and, you know, the team that they usually have for like pre like um, kickoff shows, you know, really being commentary for the draft. Um, Stephanie McMahon makes the picks regardless. Doesn't matter. I don't care. But give it really that sports style feel that I've been needing to see for quite some time and they haven't fucking done it right. It is terrible. I hate this rule. It's very simple. Three rounds. It's three rounds. No matter what. Actually, if there's since there's gonna be uh thirty picks, but uh thirty picks. Let me see. If there's gonna be thirty picks, because well technically it's three. If you're gonna do uh it's if it's uh I don't know how many picks they're gonna be doing um in terms of the entirety of the draft. So I think it's I'm not sure if it's just three rounds. But here's how I would do it. The way I would do it, personally, if you're going to do two nights, right, I would honestly have done it like this. All three brands draft. Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Now, you have your list that you want to have in your pool. Certain names you're going to leave out, okay? And now, more so for the NXT side, because uh, like names like Tony Storm, Ember Moon, they just came into the fold. We'll leave them out. But who you have on here is going to be interesting. But I want it to be all three brands. And at one point, there was a deleted tweet that said that was talking about um, who would you want to see drafted to Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. They immediately deleted that and went with just Raw and SmackDown. And fans went ballistic, talking about, oh, so we're not going to let NXT's not drafting? They should. All three brands should be drafting. All three brands should easily be drafting, and that's kind of bullshit. But if you're going to do two rounds, 16 picks per round, eight picks per team. Eight, if you want to do 10, we do a 20 round, do a 20 pick round, one round draft that night. Have matches throughout, but nothing too crazy. Focus on the draft. Ten picks aside for, you know, Raw. Ten picks for SmackDown. Alternating picks. None of this. SmackDown gets two for and, and Raw gets three. Fuck that shit. That's garbage. Fuck that. We don't play it that way, right? We'll do it again on Monday. Same scenario. Same scenario. However many picks you want to do. You want to do fifteen? If you if you want to make it. Raw gets advantage, then you just do 15 picks. Raw gets eight, SmackDown gets seven. But flip side, on Raw, actually, you know what? No, SmackDown will get eight, Raw gets seven. Flip that towards Monday, Raw will get eight, SmackDown gets seven. 15 apiece. 
both teams will have advantage. Both brands get advantage, at least for a separate night. None of this two for SmackDown, three for Raw bullshit. That's dumb as fuck. Stupid. That's, that is absolute mental retardation. But let me continue on with the pool stars, who they have for night one. So here's who is in the draft pool for night one. Asuka, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, Dana Brooke, Humberto Carrillo, Elias, why? Angel Garza, Drew Gulak, Heavy Machinery, that's Otis and Tucker, all four members of the Hurt Business, Mickey James, all three members of Lucha House Party, Drew McIntyre, Murphy, Ray and Dominic Mysterio, Naomi, all three members of the New Day, Roman Reigns, Ricochet, Seth Rollins, Mandy Rose, Shayna Baszler, and Nia Jax, Shorty G, we don't call him Shorty G here, we call him Chad Gable, AJ Styles, and Jay Uso. Okay, so that is the pool for which they will draft from for Friday. Night two, on Monday, um, Andrade, Bailey, Aleister Black, Alexa Bliss, Daniel Bryan, Carmella, King Corbin, Apollo Crews, Nikki Cross, Dabakato, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, Eric of the of the Viking of the Raw of the freaking War Raiders, because we don't call them the Viking Raiders either. Uh, Lacey Evans, Charlotte Flair, Jeff Hardy, Billy Kay, Lana, Keith Lee, The Miz, and John Morrison, Riddick Moss, Natalia, Titus O'Neil. He's still in the fucking WWE. Shit. Randy Orton, Kevin Owens, R-Truth, all six members of Retribution. Matt Riddle, The Riot Squad, Peyton Royce, Arturo Huas, Sheamus, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Cesaro, The Street Profits, Braun Strowman, Tamina, Akira Tozawa, Zelina Vega, Bray Wyatt, and Sami Zayn. Begin your speculations of who will get drafted where. This is going to end up being a shit show. You and I both know it's going to end up being a shit show. It always ends up being a shit show. Every single time, it ends up being a shit show. And I hate every second of it. Because even if they do draft, it's going to be garbage. I just, uh, I I just don't know what they're going to be doing with this draft. Because, like I said, they never do it right. They never do right by it anyway. It's so freaking stupid. And they're going to make some dumb picks. I guarantee you they make at least a couple dumb picks throughout the entirety of this draft. And if they don't, it's a failure in and of itself. I already believe it's a failure. I already believe it's a failure um, before it even starts. And I'm just usually thinking like that. I don't know who they're going to bring over to SmackDown. I don't know who they're going to bring over to Raw. I honestly don't care. Um, the only one I would, the only lock I would say of this draft, the only lock, AJ Styles goes to Raw. That is the only lock I can think of in my head. If there's another one in there, I would say Murphy goes to SmackDown. Roman Reigns ain't going fucking nowhere. Roman Reigns will be drafted to SmackDown. There is no fucking way you can tell me, yeah, Roman's not going over to the Raw. Fuck that shit. Um, SmackDown is Roman Reigns right now. And you need Roman Reigns on Raw anyway. Um, I would say The Fiend and Alexa Bliss both will be going to Raw. 
because he and uh, Kevin Owens are in a little bit of a feud right now. And I know they're supposed to be having a match uh, tonight on SmackDown. I just and sent and I read a report that there was supposed to be a major storyline between Bray Wyatt and um, Roman Reigns that was supposed to happen, but they scrapped it in favor of up. Oh. Hi, Marley. Up, oh. good girl. There's supposed to be a feud between Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns, but they're gonna they eighty sixed it because they had the whole feud with this uh, uh, Jay Uso right now and a lot of speculation with The Rock at WrestleMania 37 this year, uh, next year, I should say, um, really kind of leaves Bray Wyatt out of the question. Yeah, so I'm going to say Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss are going to go to Raw and have a bit of a feud with Mr. Kevin Owens. I think it'll be a good thing for Wyatt to go to, uh, to Raw. See what he can do over there, and especially be a new... Because McIntyre needs new opponents. He needs so many. He needs so many new opponents. It's not even funny. He needs and he needs so many new opponents right now. It's gone stale over on Raw. So Styles, move him over. Bray Wyatt, move him over. Bring over Alexa Bliss to work with uh, him as well. Build on that, which kind of sucks now because that means they're going to be on Raw, and I don't watch Raw. So I don't know what that's going to mean for me. Maybe I'll have to see what they're doing. Maybe I'll have to watch WWE YouTube because I refuse to watch Raw because it's an insult to my intelligence as it always has been for the past year or so. But we'll see how this plays out tomorrow night. Of course, y'all know, or should I say tonight, my, tomorrow night. Why am I thinking Why am I thinking about Saturday right now? I need to sleep. I'll probably be sleeping in on Saturday a little bit. We'll see what happens tonight with the whole draft. I don't see this being, I see some good picks, but I will be live tweeting tonight. As you know, I will live tweet every time I do SmackDown. We'll see how everything goes. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude Episode 259 of the YLP Podcast. When we come back, we'll close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 260 going down this Monday. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 259 of the YLP Podcast. As always, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any thoughts, concerns, opinions, comments, anything you want to talk about this entire from this entire week's worth of episodes, news of the weekend, to the super show that was last week, this week, and the good, the bad, and the ugly that was NXT TakeOver 31. Also, with what today's episode is all about, do not hesitate to leave your boy an email at Young Lions Perspective at gmail.com. I have a new uh, thing there that you can leave, uh, leave me an email over there. Any questions you have, uh, if I check it out, I may check it out, you know, over the weekend and see what we have over there. If I get any emails or anything like that, questions, I may do a show with that. Uh, anything at all, leave leave your boy a nice little email. 
Uh, try to keep it as best as you possibly can. I know some of y'all are probably going to be like, nah, 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 nah. it'd be like that sometimes. Also, you can leave a voice message over on anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective and anchor.fm slash Wrestle Added Radio. Also, leave a comment over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Much appreciated. Donate. Send some shekels. Send some shekels my way if you want to, if you feel, if you feel so inclined. Of course! Of course, of course. If I like what you're picking up, what you're putting down, if I like what you're bringing to the table, for sure. I'll have no problem featuring your voice messages on a future episode of the YLP Podcast. And I know I have one uh, from my boy, Mr. Fretz, that I will bring out on Monday. I wanted to do I wanted to do it today, but I kind of want to wait until Monday to, and I'll kick off the show with said question. Fretz, you know exactly which one I'm talking about. I have it in, in the back pocket, sir, and I will be answering that question come this Monday. It's an interesting one. And uh, it'll be a great way to kick off this Monday, Monday's episode of the podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the alt text, gab, parlor, and the like. You can also use your uh, text messages, slide in your friend's DMs with, with this episode. And I'll make sure you also use Facebook Messenger as well. You can utilize it very, very properly and use it to your advantage. Because, you know, in these quarantine times, in these unprecedented times, we here at WrestleMania Radio try to be the solace, the entertainment, the, uh, the warm grandma hug uh, for all of you guys after a the long day of work or you're home at work and you're dealing with the kids or you're just trying to find a gig anything like that we here are trying to find we're trying to give you a source of just something to listen to for x amount of time to you know just shy away from all the, all the things that's going on in this crazy world of ours over the last few months and we've tried our best to do that and hopefully you've uh, really taken to it and, we, and we've seen it in our numbers and we do appreciate that very very much keep the numbers climbing keep telling friends about it and all that good stuff because you know with the YLP podcast, the Kings of Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and of course the Delight Show with Manch Chapel, we here at Wrestle Addicts Radio are not only the cure for the Common Wrestling podcast, but we are one hundred percent, without a doubt, the everything, the absolute, the true, then, now, and forever, the alternative for professional wrestling podcast, and that we are here. To stay. Now I know most of y'all do not have the anchor app, and that's perfectly fine. You're not hurting my feelings at all. There are so many avenues you are able to check all of our podcasts out throughout the entire war realm. That it, it is just insane to think that we have so many ways for you guys to check out all of our podcasts. And just in case you've been living under a rock for the past three, four weeks, we are also now partnered with Amazon Music and Audible. Yes. I don't know how we pulled it off. I don't know what we was doing, but we did it. And they they were like, hey, Amazon Music, you know, wants to join, wants us to partner with them. We're like, um, yeah, we're going to do that. All right, cool. So, yeah, we are uh, with Amazon Music. If you have Amazon Music subscription, anything of the sort, you can easily, easily, easily check out all of our podcasts over on there. Search for Wrestle Addict Radio. Same way with Audible. Search for Russell Addict Radio on there as well. Much appreciated. And please do check us out. Leave ratings, five-star ratings. I don't know if we do that, but do leave five-star ratings. Leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking about the podcast. 
we would greatly appreciate it. Get our feedback and all that good stuff. And of course, also uh, anchor.fm slash young lions perspective and anchor.fm slash radio and ambiguous podcast solutions.com. And shout out to Will and the squadron over at APS for bringing us into the fold of the squadron. You know what I'm saying? And of course, we also have all the other different platforms you can check out the podcast, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Castbox FM, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the YLP Podcast, the Kings of Rings Podcast, the Game Changer Podcast. And, of course, the Delight Show with Man's Travel across all these different platforms. And you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. And if you do, well, that's a you problem at this point. That's a you problem. We got all, I, I just gave you the whole, the whole spiel there. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast, I'm quite active on the social media. You know what I'm saying? And, and I actually have a new Twitter handle. If you want to follow me over on the new Twitter handle, I can be found at YL Perspective. That's capital Y, capital L, capital P, Perspective. Um, that will be my handle going forward uh, for all my wrestling shenanigans. Suede Senator War it will be more my personal uh, page. Uh, that I, I have way too much shit going on over there. I have a new handle that's going to be strictly for live tweeting. Uh, and speaking of live tweeting, I will be doing live tweeting for... AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night, SmackDown Live every Friday night, unless I have a prior obligation to attend to, I will let you guys know beforehand, every WWE Live pay-per-view, every AEW Live pay-per-view, every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special, and of course, when it's 3.30 in the morning on a Saturday, and I don't think it was better to do because I went to the bathroom and can't go back to sleep, I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to follow me over on my Instagram, the mothership and the hub of everything that is YLP. You can be fine. You can find me over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective. Follow me over there. Of course, like I've always said, if you got fire pro wrestling memes, send them me, send them a couple of my DMs. If I like what you bring to the table, I'll have no problem putting that on my page, tagging you in it, tagging all the members of Wrestle Addict Radio, and you can have your 15 minutes of wonderful. Pure magnificence. Even my dog Marley will sign off on it, right? You gonna sign off on it, mama? She's looking at me like you woke me up, bitch. Yeah, we'll talk later. <laughs> also, if you want to find me over on Facebook, I still have a Facebook. I have not deleted it yet whatsoever, but I should have about nine months ago. But we ain't gonna talk about that. But you can find me over there at Young Lions Perspective or just search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, share the page, and make sure you damn well follow the page. We have over 100 followers over on the page, and I want to get that growing, get that going. You feel me? You feel me? So, And luckily for all of us, and especially for you, all my Instagram posts link to the Facebook page. And you should have no problem seeing all my posts, everything that's going on. Try my best to get back into the group of things with Instagram and getting all my things up. So you should get a more consistent uh, basis with that. But make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast as well. Follow me along these platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. I'll look over to the judges to ensure I have fulfilled all of my duties for this week. And I am looking over to the country of 
Australia will get the choice today. And, oh, wait, they got something going on with COVID. Okay, I'm going to look over to the country of Denmark, I believe. We are have not seen their judges yet. And I'm giving it a thumbs up, so that means I'm all good for the week. Monday. It is a non-pay-per-view Monday. And that means a brand new episode of News of the Weekend. All the news that's fit for yours truly to talk about. And like I said, we'll be opening up the show with a voice message from Mr. Fretz himself. It's a very good question. I've already heard it, um, but I want to hear it again to kind of formulate my uh, thoughts over the weekend. And that should be a very interesting way to open up uh, next week's uh, set of shows. Always good times with that. Other than that, guys. Enjoy the enjoy your Friday night. Enjoy SmackDown. Enjoy the draft as best as you can. If you're going to watch the G1 Climax, enjoy that. Let me know what you're thinking about it. Um, emails, anything like that. Like I said, anything you want at all, make sure you email me. All that good stuff. I'm trying to make this more interactive with you guys so we can have a little bit more interaction and dialogue across the board. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. And I'll see you guys right back here for episode 260 of the YLP podcast. See you. Go Hawks. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.